0: Well, welcome today to Women of Substance. So glad that you've joined me, and I know that you're going to be blessed today. I'm going to teach a little bit from the Word today. I'm not going to interview. Uh, from time to time, I just like to teach the Word, and I think that these women in the Bible are so fascinating. Their lives just shine, and um, I think it's recorded for a purpose. And God had, had people write these things down to encourage us and to really give us a feeling of his character, his love for us, especially women. And um, I think that it will enlighten us and give us courage to do what God's called us to do. So you can listen today, and I believe you'll be blessed. I'm going to start reading in John chapter 4, and we're going to talk about the woman at the well. John chapter 4 and verse 1 And I'll probably do a lot of reading today, but I think it'd be good for you if you can get out your Bible or your iPhone and look it up with me and read along. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. It was about the sixth hour. So here he is traveling. He's evidently tired. He was wearied, it says, from his journey. And he sat down there at the well there cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, give me to drink for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. So his disciples had gone to find food for them, some buy some food. He was hungry. He was thirsty evidently and very tired. Now this is interesting because I think this shows the Lord's heart toward us. Of course, he was all God and he was all man and, um, Uh, God never gets tired. He he never gets weary. But Jesus being a a man on the earth uh, um, as the son of God, he did get weary. He did get tired and he did experience hunger and thirst. And, um, And yet, in the midst of all that, he talked with this woman, this one woman, for a very long time and minister to her and i i just want to express that because i think it shows god's heart toward women i think it shows uh jesus's heart toward uh, uh ladies and toward women um that he cares deeply even if there's just one right there he uh cares deeply for women um sometimes in the religious circles um we have seen women persecuted. We've seen women uh, demeaned, um, you know, so many strict rules and hard rules against women, you know, even in in all kinds of religions. Uh, You can't cut your hair or you have to uh, cover yourself and uh, you can't wear makeup. You can't wear jewelry. You can't, uh, you know, do this, do that. Just The list goes on and on. And Jesus came to set people free. He was the liberator of all mankind, and women are included in that and I think that uh this this scenario here, this story of this woman who uh Jesus encountered um it it's just i think to me a tremendous testimony of god's heart toward women he He loves women he doesn't have anything against women, and he's not trying to um um take away from their life. He he's trying to add to their life. And uh when when he talks in a minute to her, you'll see a little bit of what I'm what I mean by that. So um he asked her, give me to drink. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So they really didn't associate, the Jews and the Samaritans um, didn't associate. So here was another kind of racial division uh, um, uh, with the Jews and the Samaritans that Jesus didn't care about. He didn't care that she was a Samaritan. And um, he loved her and had compassion and mercy on her regardless of her gender or her race. Isn't that interesting? So verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that thou giveth uh, to thee, give me to drink that thou wouldest, you would say, give me to drink, that thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. So now he's bringing this wonderful discussion here about water. Into another realm, into the realm of the spirit, talking about living water, and that he's the one that can give living water. I love that. Verse 11 The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. She's still thinking naturally, thinking in the natural realm. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So here's some water that will revolutionize your life and you will never thirst again. And of course, we know that that water is a type. Of the Holy Spirit, and He gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. So He's expressing this new, really this new life that He has come to the earth to bring us, and this new way of living, this this uh, uh, fulfillment that nothing else can fill. You know, there's no there's nothing else um, in this natural realm that can satisfy mankind except the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the the uh, the epitome of everything that we need. He is the truth. He is the, the way. He is the life. And, uh, and so he was saying here that I can give you water and you'll never thirst. And so then this verse 15, the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. So he, he, she said her troubles would be over because she wouldn't have to haul water from that well every day. But again, you know, she's talking in the natural, he's talking in the realm of the spirit. Verse 16, Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast has, has had five husbands, and he whom now Thy now hast is not thy husband in that thou hast said, Thou truly. And the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Just a couple of things here. First of all, he um, was telling her about her life, um, really kind of have a, a counseling session here. You know, he is the great counselor, and um, he was ministering to her by the Holy Ghost. And telling her, um, of course, that she had truly spoken. She didn't have a husband, but that she was living with a man and had had five husbands. Now, he never said to her, you dirty dog, you, you know, you whore Babylon, you, you know, you're horrible. Look what you've done and look what, you know, you can't stay married. And now you're living with a man and, you know, repent and, you know all the shame and everything that sometimes religious circles will, will put on people. He didn't say anything like that. He just said, this is the, these are the facts of your life. This is what's happened. And this is what is happening right now. And she said, I perceive you're a prophet. Aren't you glad she said that? Because I I don't know. I don't hear that too many times nowadays. It's like, if you have some kind of word of knowledge or word of wisdom people think you're you're a psychic or a a a witch or something and thank god she knew that he was a prophet i think that says a lot for her life is is you know that she understood the holy spirit can show us things to come and really as christians we should be more in tune with the spirit of god and what he's doing in our lives and in other lives and and we don't have to have any connection to the occult to do that uh, in fact it's very dangerous to get involved in those works of darkness you invite the enemy the devil into your life and demonic activity when you get involved in tarot cards and occult practices and witchcraft and psychics and mediums and all that so um i think that as christians we don't have to have any of that the spirit of god shows us what we need to do and what we need to know. And he's so good to minister all that we you know need, even about the future. The Bible says he'll show us things to come. So um, I just like to minister to people that they don't need all this other stuff to know the future. God can show you his will. He will be glad to tell you the next steps of your life and what you need to be doing and give you all kind of wisdom. And there's no need to call any kind of 1-800 or 1-900 numbers or go by and see you know, psychics. Um, he was a prophet and he knew what she had been through in her life. And she he knew what she was going through in her life. And all of a sudden, you know, he's telling her again about the realm of the spirit. So let's read on here. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. This is what she's asking. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. And I think this is so beautiful. Again, he's not condemning her for what she's been through or what she's going through. He's drawing her to himself. He's drawing her to the Holy Spirit, to the Father God. And he's teaching her that there will be a time, and he even said now is the time, to, to worship the father in spirit and in truth, get your, your eyes higher than this earthly realm. And when we begin to worship and know that God is a spirit, that's what it says in verse 24. He's, he told her, God is a spirit and they that worship him must wor- worship him in spirit and in truth. There's something about that kind of fellowship that fills your life so that you become so strong on the inside, your inner man becomes so strengthened by God that the outward uh, part of our life, the circumstances or situations or even you know, struggles that we're going through become so small and become so insignificant that we can see that God can work those things out so easily and trust him for whatever we need, whether it be deliverance or if it means, you know, we need finances or maybe in our physical body, we need a touch from him. Um, getting strength from worship is just absolutely necessary. And it's so beautiful. It, it brings peace. It brings um, joy in your life. And I've noticed too, I believe that when we worship, even in our own homes, when we worship, I think the angels come. I think they love worship. And uh, the Bible says they inhabit the praises. Um, and so they come and they they dwell in in our homes and, and uh, bring such peace and love and joy. So I encourage you, you know, just as Jesus was encouraging this woman to be a worshiper, because it truly is. Um, magnificent how God comes into our lives and helps us when we simply take time with him and worship him. Uh, he told her, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So then verse 25, the woman said unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. And when he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. So, I mean, he came right out and revealed himself as the Messiah to her. So, you know, there weren't many cases that he did that, but he did that with this woman. he told her that he was the Messiah. Beautiful, I think. And verse 27, and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? So about that time, here comes the disciples back from town with food. And verse 28 says, the woman then left her water pot. She forgot why she even came out there. (laughs) She was so excited. She left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did is not this, the Christ. So here she is all of a sudden in ministry. She's going to and no, notice that she's going to talk to the men. You know, some religions again say women ought not talk to men about the Lord or preach or teach or whatever. And um, you know, it's poor Jesus, he didn't know that. You know, he didn't know that a woman shouldn't be sent out to talk to men about him. It didn't bother him at all. In fact, I think it was a blessing to him because he then starts talking about the will of God. And I'm going to continue to read here. The woman then left her water pot. She went uh, her way into the city, said to the men, come see a man which told me all the things I ever did is not this, the Christ. And another, just let me insert this. She didn't say he condemned me. He he said, you know, I'm a fornicator or whatever, adulterer or what, you know. And I shouldn't have been married and divorced that many times. He didn't, she didn't say she was excited about the Lord. I think that shows the way he ministered to her with his great compassion, great mercy, and his great grace. Um, Because she's, she's telling people that they need to join up with this man (laughs) and hear him. And so anyway, then they went out of the city and some, and came to him, um, Verse 31, in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. Because you remember at the beginning of this scenario, this uh, situation, that he was very hungry, very tired and thirsty. Well, his disciples said, it's time to eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore, said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him something to eat? And Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I think he was so energized by speaking to this woman and telling her about God, that God is a spirit. You're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. There's going to be living water available to you, and this water comes to you by the the Holy Spirit, the type of the Holy Spirit, it fills you so that you never thirst again. And because I believe he was ministering like that, I believe the Spirit of God filled him. And he forgot he was even hungry. He didn't even need anything to drink or to eat or to to do anything. He just was thinking then about the will of God and the ministry that he was called to. The Amplified said, Jesus said to them, my food, my nourishment is to do the will, the pleasure of him who sent me and to accomplish and completely finish his work. So I think that's beautiful, too. I've been in that situation before when I ministered to someone and because the Spirit of God showed up and so touched their life, I was so touched by the power of God as well. And, you know, the Bible says when you refresh others, you yourself are refreshed. So it happened here. And then verse 35 says, say not ye, there are four months and then comes a harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receive wages and gathereth the fruit until eternal life, that both ye that sow and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that where whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you are entered into their labors. So he's talking again about ministry here. And he's telling them basically that, you know, there are people everywhere that need Help. They need ministry. They need a touch from the Lord. And here um, he said, You probably will even uh, build on other men's labors, but you can enter into their labors and bring that harvest in. Verse 39, um, because, you know, it wasn't, I mean, thank God it was this woman that he really ministered to, but it created a whole revival in this area. Um, because she went back, told these men, the men came, and then look at verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. So this meeting, this revival, broke out here. And he ended up staying in that city for two days. And it says, verse 41, listen to this. And many more believed because of his own word. So there were people that were were believers because of her going forth and telling them. And then there were more when he got there and stayed for two days. Just an amazing uh, outpouring here of the Spirit of God. And it's because he took the time, even when he was tired, even when he was hungry, um, thirsty, to talk to a woman about the Father God. Look at verse 42. And said unto the woman, now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So here, amazing amount of people um believed on the Lord because of of what happened here. So I just am really um thankful for several things in this um in the these lines of scriptures here, this chapter. I'm I'm so thankful that the Lord took the time to sit down with a woman. Um, I think his disciples were a little bit shocked that he had done that. But God always has time for you. Always. And he will be there every time you call upon his name for any situation that you're facing. He will be there and he will minister to you and love you. And, you know, this woman, of course, I don't know why she'd been married five times. I think sometimes it's just a pattern people get into and, and you know, I don't know, different reasons. But um, and then I, it sounds like she just gave up because she was living with the man that uh she was with then. But I think that again, God revealing himself to her and loving her through this uh, so blessed her and so excited her that uh she couldn't help but tell other people about him. Um I think that if he would have condemned her and um you know been harsh and ugly and I mean all the other things that we could say I don't know if she she would have the same response. Most of the time when people are in trouble, they know they're in trouble and they blame themselves many times for the trouble they're in. But you know what? Even if we got ourselves into that mess, even if we've gotten ourselves into some trouble, maybe today you've gotten yourself in a financial mess and it's your fault. Well, God's there with his mercy and his love. And he can help you get out of a mess that you made. Maybe you're like this woman and you're having a hard time with relationships. Well, maybe it's because of you. Or maybe it's because of bad choices with, with choosing who you have a relationship with. You know what? God doesn't care which way it is. He will help you. He'll give you wisdom and strength to make a um, uh, a, such a difference in your life and I believe he will fulfill every longing that you have so if there are negative patterns in your life uh, those can can be changed and um, and he you can go on and walk with him in in the light of his word and his spirit so this is a uh, maybe a little different twist on these scriptures I don't know but I think as a woman um, through the years, I I have heard um, just different things about God coming down hard on women. <laughs> you know, I don't know. The first time I ever read a horrible negative book was at the library. I took my two little girls. This was years ago um, to the library and they were studying and doing some little work and so I just thought, well, I'll look at some uh, religious books about women because I'd gotten interested in studying a little more about God's attitude toward women. And so the first one I got out was horrible. Oh, it was so uh, ha- such hatred toward women and that Eve was the problem of the of all of us and how, you know, she caused everything bad to happen. And since then, women have been bad for or, you know, God and bad for Jesus and <laughs> just bad. And I thought, I cannot believe this book. I mean, I, was, I was shocked. I knew that religion sometimes hard, is hard on women, but I had no idea the venom and the poison. And so it really made me pray more about trying to uh, get the truth of the gospel out about how God loves women how he wants women to succeed and to be beautiful um, images of him him in the earth, a beautiful example of his love and his uh, graciousness in the earth. So anyway, um, today I want you to know that God loves you. He adores you. And whatever mistakes you've made, he's already forgiven you. He wants you to follow him. He wants to lead you and guide you. And just like this woman, he wants to take the time to fellowship and talk to you and give you everything you need. So trust him and uh, lean on him and let him guide your life. Now, today, before I go, I want to pray for you and uh, reiterate that if you have needs in your life, maybe today you're really sick or you're Uh, challenged with some kind of disease in your body, I believe God will touch you right now um, and a healing will start and begin and a miracle will take place. And if, you know, even if you feel like maybe you caused that to happen, sometimes we blame ourselves if we're sick or something's happened in our bodies. Let that go and let God love you. And touch your body today. If if there's a financial need that you have that you're struggling with, even if you caused it yourself, let God have his way, his mercy and his grace on you today. And just trust him to meet that uh, financial need. OK, and I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I just thank you for the women watching today. And even if there's some men watching, I thank you, Lord, that you touch them. I thank you, your healing power floods into their body right now, driving out sickness and disease. I thank you, Lord, miracles take place in physical bodies, and that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in them, it quickens their mortal bodies, makes them alive and well in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for financial needs being met, that you are our great provider, and Lord, that you move to make money and finances and favor come into their life. You give them great wisdom in Jesus' name. And Lord, that every bill is paid, every need is met, that they don't have to struggle or be anxious or uh, be full of care for any reason, but they can simply put their trust in you today. And we thank you for miracles in both Uh, physical bodies and financial miracles in Jesus name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. (laughs) I hope you've enjoyed this today. And I look forward to next time we're together. We're going to do some more interviews and some more teachings just to encourage you, to empower you and to inspire you. Until then, God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, But we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.